This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! supervisor in Ghostbusters 2. Better late than never. Even the most enthusiastic contributors enjoy their bank holiday Sundays. So, so sorry for the delay. Oppressor will follow shortly. But here and joining me on the pod fresh from his Portuguese villa, it's Terry. Hello, Terry. Morning, Rich. I feel very much like a, um, a utility player today because I didn't go to the game, but nobody else could come on the podcast. So here I am. It was a desperate search yesterday to try and get a regular on. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would argue to some joy because I'm here, but I'll take your point. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I wasn't exactly enthusiastic to record yesterday because, believe it or not, I too have a bank holiday Sunday also. But hey-ho, we'll, we'll move on. First of all, 212 town fans witnessed Swindon Town women come back from 1-0 down to record a 2-1 win over Larkhall Athletic at Foundation Park this weekend. Annie Colston, the hero with a second half brace, including a late, late winner. Terry, is there anything more satisfying than a late win? Absolutely not. Well, especially when it's your first win of the season as well. So um, uh, great, great news from Foundation Park. 112 fans, that, that feels healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Good sign and hopefully that will mean... More games at Foundation Park, although I do get honour saying that the stuff at Fairford in relation to food is very, very good. And as a passionate food eater, 
got to support that. But more at Foundation Park and the county ground would surely increase attendances. Yes, and maybe maybe some double double headers are always worth testing as well. I think um, that I think it would be criminal if. It, <laughs> you've got to be careful with this sort of stuff because you can't all of a sudden pretend that that something that wasn't important to you is 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 now important right it like the women's football has always been important to millions and millions of people um but more people talking about it can only help so fingers crossed um as a, as a club now the now the women's team are getting closer to the to the main setup we can um you know they can benefit from that and benefit with a bit a bit more support and bit more noise around the place, et cetera, et cetera, and cash in for the want of a better phrase on on what an amazing summer we had. I'm always looking for enthusiastic contributors. So if anyone wants to cover the women's team and indeed the under 18s team, then send the pod a message and we'll get you involved because we want it to be more than just 30 seconds, two minutes here and there. So get in touch. But the main talking point for this episode is, of course, Stockport County 1, Swindon Town 1, starting with the Swindon lineup. Sol Bryn, of course, in goal. At the back, we had Fraser, Blake, Tracy, Tom Clayton, Angus McDonald, and Ronan Darcy. We'll talk about that in more depth, I'm more than sure, later on. In midfield, we had Lou Reed, Ben Gladwin, Saidu Khan, Tyree Shade coming in for Harry McCurdy and Johnny Williams with Jacob Wakeling up front. So there's always a little bit of tinkering with this squad. This one was out of necessity because of Harry McCurdy's absolutely preventable suspension. Terry, it was Shade that came in instead of Adeloy. What were your feelings? Uh, I didn't want Shade or Adeloy coming in. I wanted to play right back at right back. <laughs> it seems so obvious. Just play at the right back at right back. And then the number 10 slash wide attacker you're playing at right back. Perfect replacement for McCurdy, no? Mm. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of uh, right back at right back talk in this, which we'll get to a bit later. But we'll start with Wes Thrift, who says, when I saw they were down to 10 men, I just knew the outcome. Most Swindon Saturday yet. And I've got to be completely honest with you, Terry. I felt exactly the same. Yeah, nail, head, hit, for sure. <laughs> for sure. It, it was a really positive performance. We're going to st- get stuck into that now, but... Um, look, there's a couple of little jokes in the opening in the opening period there, and I, I know I've been a bit of a bear with a bad head so far this season, but um, there were there are lots and lots of puzzles to get stuck into. So I'm really looking forward to taking a deeper dive into this. Yeah, then let's do that because the main take from this game is we played some really good stuff, and I will vouch for Terry. He said exactly that at nil nil during this game in the conversations we were having during those 90 minutes. We'll we'll read out some contributions. Mitchell Singh says, I must be getting soft, but I'm pretty happy with that performance. That's some of the best football I've seen us play this year. And Reid was back to his best. Just one of those days. We are just missing a big centre forward for the boys to play off at the moment. Jamie Goodwin says, another improved performance. We moved the ball around really well, looked relatively solid throughout the side. And Alex Vlog says, I really enjoyed some of the football we played today and thought Reed and Khan were fantastic. Yes, we lacked clinical finishing to put the game away, but that clown got himself suspended, didn't he? Disappointed, but many positives. Lots of references to having more control in places. Lots of nods to Johnny Williams, to... Tom Clayton, Lou Reed, Saidu Khan, 
And I don't really want to just leave it at that, Terry, but there was progress in this, wasn't there? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? When I was um, when I was talking positively on Saturday about it and, and you were ribbing me about if we finally found a bit of identity. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I replied, maybe our identity is just progress. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's the early identity of this team is just getting better. I, I, I would still put the caveat that I think the players are getting better because they're getting fitter and they're getting into the, into the, into the mode of things. I don't think the system's really getting better. I think at the moment we just look like 11 good League Two players trying to make stuff happen. Um, and, and on Saturday, we did make a lot of stuff happen. I think if you look to that game in isolation, being disappointed with a point, is is a really fair reflection because it was a good performance. I think if you go there and play poorly and get a point, then you then you're delighted, right? So the fact that the overarching um, opinion is positive around progress, but also disappointing we didn't get the three points. I think I think that, that that's a perfect summary. Um, and and yeah, lots of lots of interesting individual progress from, from individual players who haven't quite been where we know they can be so far this season. Talk to me about those players. Well, Lou Reed was back, wasn't he? I think that's that's the most important thing. And he was he was absolutely outstanding. I think he there's a couple of things he's benefiting from, but I think he's benefiting from Sadu Khan getting a bit of a run and and, and really finding his feet because he was also really impressive. Really unlucky not to break the deadlock in the first half with a couple of efforts. One I was convinced it was in. You know when when a shot is perfectly lined up with the camera, and it, it, it looked in all the way, and, and um, yes, yeah, so, so Sadio Khan again was was good, and I think Reed is starting to understand where Khan moves to, and is finding him with more regularity. And what Khan is really great at doing, I think we're learning, is taking the ball on the half turn, on the halfway line, and it, and and really gets us up the pitch quickly by driving through the centre of the field. And I was trying to think when the last time we had a midfielder who does that. I mean, I, I can't remember one off the top of my head. It, it's very, it's it, he, he makes up a lot of ground very quickly with the ball. And I think that's a really, really interesting skill to add to this mix of midfielders that we that we currently have. So I think really, really positive there. I think Tom Clay in the last couple of games has been nothing short of revelation. I think, I think we all knew that he had a really high ceiling, but he's, he's really, really starting to find his feet, I think. Um, so, so, yeah, loads of positives. Um, Fraser Blake Tracy to, to get his goal and, and was pretty solid, although he was massively at fault for the for the equaliser, unfortunately for him. But I think I think that individually there were lots and lots and lots of good performances, that's for sure. I always find the long distance sort of daisy cutter, slow pace but always going in goals very satisfying. Yeah, me, me too. And it, it's just just it never rose about four inches off the floor, did it? But it also never touched the floor, it felt like. <laughs> It, it, absolute, absolute um, laser. You just knew that was in the second he struck it. Keep, the, the keepers might as well just stand there and shrug his shoulders. Not, not going to get anywhere near it. And first career goal as well, by all accounts. Yes, yes. So fair play to him. And yeah, with Fraser, we are seeing sort of slow but sure progress. And again, he's another person who hasn't played that much. So he's kind of a, a couple of weeks behind the guys that are all we're always getting updates on who who's, who joined shortly before the season. So it's kind of understandable, isn't it? What I will say is, in, in with regard to the individual player progress and people looking more like themselves or really sort of making big strides in the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of talk about fitness in our camp. And I've not commented on this yet because I think some of the... It was just there was a lot of really lazy 
um, assumptions that the players were unfit or had a bad preseason fitness wise. Um, I've got my own personal reasons and, and connections with with some of the guys involved there. What what I will say is I think we there is absolutely no doubt and we saw this last year that our players will be in the top three or four in the league when it comes to fitness in the long term for this season. And if that means that we had to be a bit stodgy for the first three games, then so be it. But fit, fitness is absolutely not going to be an issue or or, or an excuse for the, for these for this group of players moving forward. I think we're just we're just seeing people really get into the swing of things now. Yeah, good. Good. Anything else positive-wise before... Because inevitably, the way football narrative works is that you play well for the majority of the game or in patches of the game, you look comfortable, and then you concede a late a late equaliser to a 10-man side, then the responses are going to be inevitably in places, some with, with justification, others perhaps not. So are there any other areas that you'd like to praise before we get into what I'm considering negatives, but more discussion points? I did the overarching um, positive is I think each individual, I couldn't tell you one individual that didn't play well, I think, certainly of the starting 11. um, And and that bodes really, really well. I think um, Johnny Williams has had back-to-back really strong performances now. Um, Yeah, Louis Reed is back. I mean, there was a a first-half diag to... um, to Darcy down the right, which was just absolutely like peak classic Louis Reed, um, which was which is, is an absolute joy to watch when he's at it. So, yeah, no no negatives whatsoever when it comes to individual performances. I'd say. Cool. Okay. Well, let's get into the big talking points elsewhere then, and we'll start with the great right back experiment of 2022. A uh, few comments on this. So, Paul Temple says gambling on right back position is costing us as we don't seem to have a player for it in a four bernie man saying Lindsay now starting to make some bizarre decisions darcy at right back hutton at right wing and chris macy finally saying our right midfield who was playing right back should have scored the chance missed by right back playing right midfield yeah this this seems to be the main talking point at the moment doesn't it yeah it really does i i i i can't sugarcoat it i find it absolutely ridiculous i I can't get my head around it as a one-off experiment at home to the worst team in the football league where you really don't need to play four defenders you don't even need to play three defenders you i I understand playing a 10 at a right back in inverted commas because we dominated the ball and actually he 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 came inside to create um to create a lot of a lot of combinations with with a lot of the, a lot of his teammates last week, Roland Darcy, and played really well. And what I will say is, this is absolutely in no way criticism of Darcy because I think on the ball he's very good, and, and I think he's really likable, and he's taken to the fans and the club really well as well. Definitely got a future here. The idea of going away from home to a team who are expected to do quite well this year, and continue playing your number ten at right back with your right back who you paid money for on the bench was a big bold, strange decision that at 1-0 after an hour, you could argue, was close to paying off. The bit where it gets really mental for me is when you bring on your right back and play him ahead of your right of your number 10 at right back, if that makes sense. Like the right back's playing hard ball. The right back, you've bought on a right back to shore things up because you've got the lead away from home. And you put your right back at right wing while your right winger slash number 10, he's not even a winger, plays right back. It just makes no sense. What are you doing? What are you doing? 
Yeah. The, like you said, when the sub came on and Darcy wasn't moved into midfield, you kind of you're scratching your head and they'll have their logic and you might explain it in a presser if they ask the question, but it, it just didn't make sense to me anyway. It, I, I don't think it makes sense to anyone. And also I see a couple of people would say, well, you know, well, Hutton isn't a right back. He's a right wing back, but then we're choosing to try and coach a number 10. Who's never played right back in his life. Who is five foot nothing and t- nine stone ringing wet. Surely it's much easier to coach your right wing back to play right back. If you if if that if you feel like Hutton isn't a right back, which I which I would argue he definitely is, then even even still, surely Hutton is top of the queue for converting someone into a right back. Surely. <laughs> well yeah I, the you know you hear a lot of stuff and you read a lot of stuff and I'm not gonna say that Hutton is disliked. You know, a lot of people have said, well, I've been a bit disappointed with him to start with, but he's not been awful. I, I do wonder whether there's there's a there's a trust issue here with Lindsay not not fancying fancying him as much as we, he should or would have hoped. But you've just paid money for the fella, like literally six weeks ago. He's been fine. He's been bearing in mind as as a team, we were poor for the first three get three or four games of the season. He was no better or worse than anyone else. Um, so. so it is absolutely nuts that we are right. Like anybody who's writing him off is 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 crazy. And and the idea that Ronan Darcy has a long term career at right back is crazy. It, it, it's just such a mess. It's such a mess. And and it's such an unnecessary experiment, right? It's it's just so unnecessary. And it does on Saturday. It is you know we're already talking about this longer than we talked about the positives. It's just a real shame because we don't deserve to be talking at length about about silly decisions like this when we actually got a really good point on the road and unlucky not to get three went with eight nine ten really good individual performances it's just it, it just it just seemed like a complete head scratcher and and completely an, an unnecessary risk to take and ultimately it backfired we, we we didn't win the game there were also plenty of comments about Towns defending. Michelle saying poor defending again against a poor side with set pieces. We also need to create more chances. Over five would be nice. Uh, something is wrong in the team. Not sure what it is. And we need to up our game if we are going to go for promotion. We need to win games like this. And Adair says, McDonald is coming up to match fitness. He kept Paddy Madden quiet throughout. Also made some goal-saving blocks. Shame about his positioning for their goal mind. So everybody just wants progress. They want to see improvement. But there is this sort of, ah, the basics. And a a lot of people are talking about our defensive displays and how they are that they're out you know they're unraveling the good work we're doing elsewhere but they are acknowledging improvement in the individuals which makes it sound like they're kind of pointing the finger at Scott Lindsay I don't know if that's right or not but he's the guy that sets it all up along with Gavin Gunning and Jamie Day isn't he so uh, yeah I'm actually going to defend I'm going to defend I don't know who I'm defending here defend the defenders maybe Defend sounds like a uh, sounds like a feature we should do at some point. Um, if you actually look at it, what have we we conceded? What three goals in the last four league games um, against Orient, Salford, Stockport, and Rochdale? I mean, okay, Rochdale were rubbish, but 
Um, I don't think we're defending particularly badly, and I'm sure somebody will take joy in jumping in the comments and pointing out that Sol Brin was man of the match in two of those four games. But but Sol Brin is part of the defence, so I, you know if if our if our goalkeeper is playing well, or or McDonald is playing well, or Clayton's playing well, it doesn't really matter as so long as there's a unit we're defending well. I don't, I actually don't think we defended horrendously yesterday. I don't remember. Um, well, it's because we conceded a goal, isn't it? It's because we conceded a exactly. goal and it wasn't great. It's, it's, it's because we conceded a goal late and lost a, and, and dropped two points. People are going to blame the defence. It was a stupid goal to concede. We didn't defend in that moment very well. But I'm not going to sit here and say the defence are a huge concern for me. It, it, yeah, it, it, It's much more about patterns of play and, and dominating the ball and creating more chances. I think we're not creating enough at the top end of the pitch. The back four are, well, three of the back four are experienced, uh, proven defenders at this level and and a, and a showing individual performances that I think we're, we're more than happy with. Yeah, and Adair's complimenting Angus McDonald's progress in his message. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, again, I, th- I feel there's some weird noise around McDonald. I don't know what people were expecting. I think so far he's he's come in and been and had a pretty solid start. I don't I don't really get a, some of the noise around him. If I'm if I'm honest, maybe it's just an expectations versus real, reality thing, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, still plenty of time to go on that. So the only other sort of talking point that was sent our way really was general. Scott Lindsay decision making and we've given him credit where it's been due in recent weeks but listeners are still scratching their heads over certain elements beyond the the well including the right back in uh, situation there so Max Springer says lack of reaction from Lindsay after the goal not utilizing the five subs he can make screaming out for energy in midfield instead he brings on a right back out of position despite us having an attack in midfield at right back team is better than the results suggest manager is costing us points john rich said defending a one nil lead against 10 men and inevitably means a one one draw and an 83rd minute equalizer why change the way we were playing instead of pushing on don't get it to me a manager without ambition and mr goods who says such a poor goal to give away you have to question Lindsay's starting 11 Darcy was clearly struggling being out of position. That defence was crying out for a player like Aguilar to run at them. Again, though, Terry, we were seven minutes away from that being a huge, huge win and Scott Lindsay getting it right. But the way football works is that's not what happened. And that's why we're getting these messages. Yeah, pretty much. I think when it comes to talking about Lindsay's decision-making and some of the managerial stuff that's going on, I think you have to look at games, you know, in it as a collection rather than in, rather than in isolation. I think in isolation, this was a good performance. I, Max sums up a lot of, a lot of my thoughts on, on it. I think um, we don't, we don't seem to be using subs effectively at the moment. The, the right back thing has gone on and on. The, Midfield, I'd love to have seen um, Mr. Goods shout out Aguilar in there. I'm a huge Ricky Aguilar fan. I think he's had a really, really positive impact the last two times he's come off the bench. I'd love to have seen him come on for 20, 25 minutes, you know, for uh, maybe for Ben Gladwin, who in an 11 v 10, having someone who can who, who can really pick up the ball again and, and drive a, a, a defence that's overstretched, I think would have, would have worked quite nicely. I think the most concerning thing is, and, and Rich, I said this to you at the time, that the first 15 minutes of the second half is the best we've played all season. And we scored the goal and 
we actually had a couple of the big chances to go and get a second. And then we just stopped. We really did. And, and, it, and whether it was because of the subs or whether the subs happened to try and remedy the fact that the, the, the change in momentum happened, there definitely was a big momentum shift with 20 to go. And that was really frustrating. We, we were too passive in the, in the last 20 minutes instead of trying to take the game away from Stockport. We, and we had every opportunity to do so because they weren't very good. And look, there are, well, as we always say, uh, there are two teams involved in this. And, you know, they maybe they stepped up. Maybe they changed a few things. Maybe, you know, their their fans got right behind them. And, and um, ultimately, we, we, we couldn't hold on. But that, that general idea that post-goal, post that purple patch, we did look to sit in way too much. And if you're going to do that, then get your defenders on the pitch and defend properly. And we didn't. If you're going to have this experimental attacking ball dominating side, then attack and dominate the ball. If you want to sit in for 15 minutes and ride out a set piece bombardment, get your defenders on the pitch and do it properly. And we, it felt like to me, we were just in a halfway house there, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. At the start of the season, we were all lauding the notion that we had more depth than we did last season. And I think it's slowly beginning to creep in as suggested that we don't have as much depth, especially to change the game as, as we might have thought. I mean, we only have Reese Devine, who's a defensive player out along with Ellis Iandolo, who is a key cog in the Swindon town squad. And we don't know whether Jordan Lydon will play for Swindon again. We hope he does. Do you, we're going to talk about your favorite thing in a minute, the transfer window, <laughs> but in terms of the actual squad depth of the here and now, because at the start of the season in the press, in the presser, Scott Lindsay was saying we only need one more head. And that was obviously a center forward. And it doesn't feel like that that's accurate now. I see. I think it is accurate. I actually don't see where we need this squad is bigger and deeper than last year. And it is a big, deep squad for this level. I think, you know, if you look at the last couple of games and compare bench v bench, there won't be many games where you think the other side's got a better bench than us. Um, I'm more concerned with how we're using that bench. And and I think we need, we definitely need options at the top of the pitch. I think Adeloy hasn't had the best of starts. We've changed shape, which is creating a couple of issues. I think we're probably, if we're going to persist with this 4-3-3 now, we probably are short in the wide attacking areas. Really strangely, I, I I really hate the fact that we're going to go and get a right back before deadline day, because that to me is sticking a plaster on a massive, massive issue here, where there somewhere along the lines, there is a huge disconnect between our long term strategy that was laid out at the beginning of June during when the recruitment was starting, and here we are six games into the season. We have recruited to play three four three, or or certainly we've recruited to play three at the back with wing backs. If they have then gone and bought four wing backs who can't play full back, that is a ridiculous failing. To build in such inflexibility into this squad is ridiculous. I actually don't think it's the case. I think Hutton is more than capable of being a right a good right back at this level. Just play him. We've got plenty of options at left back, especially now with Blake Tracy coming in to 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 cover for the injuries to Ellis and, and, and Reese Devine. If we if we genuinely are saying that Hutton can't play right back, Shade can't play right back, then we are guilty of some ridiculous recruitment because 
we have built a really inflexible side and we're also guilty of kissing goodbye to any footballing identity we had after three after after two poor results because we built a team around playing three at the back and two poor results and a couple of grumbles on Twitter and here we are playing four at the back. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so I really don't want us to go out and get a right back because almost because that's that's to me a, a sign of a much, much bigger issue. Yeah. Okay. Let's listen to some final thoughts from listeners and come right back. Ball deflects wickedly across the box off the Stockport defender. Pull back for Reed. Reed lays this off to Darcy on the edge of the box. Blake Tracy can shoot! And Fraser, Blake Tracy, pings an arrow into the bottom corner! Some final contributions before we wrap this pod up. Thank you to everybody who sent stuff in. Ben Nichols says, positives, one defeat in six, negatives, one win in six. All depends on how you view your glass. Paul D says, would have been happy with a point before the game, but that's definitely two points thrown away. Not sure what's worse. Hutton failing to finish the game off or the abject failure to defend a ball lumped into the box against 10 men. Jason says, good performances in this league are two a penny, but being a goal threat is something else. So annoyed we threw this away whilst being very comfortable. Very little up front without McCurdy causing mischief. God forbid where we will finish without him or an adequate replacement. Nick K says the club screams unambitious and has done so since we appointed Sandro Di Michele and promoted Scott Lindsay questionable recruitment model, lack of communication since last season, and clearly not willing to pay the money to get out of this division. The attendances will start to drop off if they hover around mid-table. Matt in Singapore says sloppy. Some good, decent movement to the edge of their box, and then we seem baffled as to what to do next. No final third energy without McCurdy, Disappointing to see experienced players like Gladwin and Reed not testing a young goalkeeper from the edge of the box too. Mid-table meh. STFC underscore 1969 says, wasn't disappointed with the performance, but one long ball that we didn't defend properly cost us two points. Lack of attacking depth clearly showing now. Three centre-backs on the bench, right back coming on at right wing. Missing a centre-forward will be an interesting week. Pete Marsh says a free kick that was taken in the wrong half at least 20 yards from where the offence occurred. Totally soft goal to concede after Hutton should have ended that contest. More like annoying. PJ says first half they were the better team. Second half before the sending off I thought we were on top. The red card changed it and we went full Swindon Town. A draw was probably a fair result in the end. Graham Ballard says, not enough goals in this team. That's seven games now. And apart from against Rochdale, we can't score more than one in a match. We're not strong enough defensively to keep many clean sheets too. So we don't win many games. If we don't sign a decent striker, then we are mid-table at best. And finally, Steve Arman, who says, overall, a good point. But with hindsight, we let them get back into it. Should have killed the game off, but we do look a bit toothless in attack without Maka. So the reason I provided some more listener contributions is that, and I've said this before, the contrast in opinion of this current Swindon Town side 
is really quite significant in difference, more than than I can remember in recent years anyway. The only way the only way to break that is to get into a run of wins because as Ben Nichols says there, you know, it's either one win in six or it's unbeaten in, in six or whatever it is. So or one loss in six, sorry. So it it's it really is a mentality thing with fans at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, and I suppose a small sample size will always, will always do that. I guess um, actually the last the last couple of games, I think Rochdale, we couldn't have done much more. I think we were pretty good on Saturday and, and lucky to not, not get the three points. As I said, individuals are starting to play really well. I'm definitely not veering towards the positive, but I guess I am in that chasm of silence in the middle where I don't really have a strong opinion yet on this on this team. I think somebody earlier on in the conversation uh, uh, listener contributions nailed it pretty much in so much that I feel like it's a good team, but the manager needs to learn quickly. Um, and that's why we're dropping probably too many points. But I don't think, I, I don't think it's super negative or super positive at the moment. I just think we're, we're, we have potential to be a pretty good team. We certainly have potential to be a great squad of players at this level. We're just not, we're just not well drilled yet. Um, and, Hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll get there if we keep progressing as we have done the last couple of weeks. I completely agree. On platforms like social media, you're ever going to get, or you get the loud negative and you get the loud positive. But when I'm when I'm in the grounds and I'm listening to the people around me, those who are talking loud enough, and you know what football fans are like, they do like to talk loud. I think the majority of people around me aren't we're in exactly the same bit. They're in that middle ground of I've got concerns. But my God, I hope it, I'm wrong or I hope they do well. It's not this, you know, arms folded, I'm not happy until he's gone mentality. And that is a huge minority that I've been reading elsewhere. But I think there is just a lot of fence sitting with Swindon fans at the moment. They want things to go well and they're seeing improvement, but they want a little bit more. I think I think that's exactly it. I think... I think it's it is only six games in. It is a bit of fencing. For me, the bit that I where I won't sit on the fence is what I what I think is a good season this year. If we don't have if we don't get in the playoffs or certainly or certainly have a bloody good go at getting in the playoffs, that is failure. So what I won't do is 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 sit here and say, Well, we've got our club back and we've got loads of historical issues and we should be happy to finish twenty first. Absolutely not. That's complete bollocks. But on in, in terms of on the pitch progression, I don't have a strong opinion on this team either way yet. I think there is absolutely potential in there, in that squad, if we add well over the next thirty six hours, to 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 compete at the top of this division. If we don't compete at the top of this division, that is a massive failure. Yeah, I agree. Twenty first. <laughs> what about tenth, eleventh, twelfth? Is that that's massive failure too? Hard to say without the context, isn't it? Yeah. Because if you look at last season, you know you could finish, you could go into last day sixth and finish tenth. Yeah, so exactly. Okay. Uh, I think it's actually all about context rather than rather than the number next to your name. Sure, sure. Okay, man of the match then. So thank you to everyone that sent their nominations in. I listed a few players that got nods: Lou Reed, uh, Saidu Khan, Tom Clayton, Johnny Williams. Funny, actually, because last week against Rochdale, he actually got the man of the match in the ground and we barely talked about Johnny Williams' performance. I didn't agree with the man of the match shout, but he was all right. Well, he's good. Um, but he's won the listeners' man of the match. Terry, would you agree on behalf of the podcast? I'm going to disagree, just in the interest of the talking point, I suppose. Um, what we 
what, what we are very fortunate here is that neither the listeners nor the contributors to the podcast get to meet the man of the match, so they can actually vote for the best player rather than the player they want to meet, unlike those in the ground. Um, I, do you know what? It's funny because I think I think there was a lot of sevens. There was a lot of sevens. Um, I'm tempted to give it to Reed just because it was it was amazing to see him back 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 to where we know he can be. I thought Saidu Khan was really good, particularly in the first half as well. Um, but in, in, in honour of of the spreadsheet being named after him and him getting some quite frankly ridiculous noise, I think first couple of weeks of the season, I'm going to give it to Lou Reed. There we go. The first time this season in game six that we've uh, we've we've disagreed with the listeners, but no, um, we got a lot of got a lot of shouts, Lou Reed. So. He gets a point. We've never told the the, the listenership um, who got the League Cup man of the match against Walsall all those grisly weeks ago. It was Kean Harry's. There we go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Just to give him a mention. Remember that guy? I don't think I don't even know if he's played since. Um, but yeah, he he got that. And if I remember rightly, that was quite a discussion in the WhatsApp group. Anyway, we'll move on. Well done to Johnny Williams and Lou Reed. Coming up then this week, we do have a presser for Crystal Palace under-21s, you lucky, lucky devil. But I imagine most of those questions from that presser will be aimed towards transfer deadline day. We've talked a bit about what we expect. And then we've got Ginningham. Now, if you think Swindon Town fans are miserable on social media, goodness me, go over to the Ginningham socials. They are not in a great place at the moment. So a big opportunity for Scott Lindsay in his sort of well, he's, he's, he's not from Kent, but he spent a lot of his time, a lot of his adult life down that way. So it's a big game for him. It's quite a big week coming up, not in terms of season narrative or anything like that. But there's a lot going on. Big opportunities for people like Tommy Adeloy to get 90 minutes against Palace. Um, maybe some new signings and a big grudge match, apparently, against Ginningham. The, the strangest of all the grudge matches. I've, I've been there with 200 town fans. Um and I've been there with 2,000 town fans who very much treat it like a, like a grudge match. So it's such a weird, such a weird away day. Very frustratingly, this was initially slated as my first away game of the season and I can no longer make it as I am playing golf all weekend. So my, uh, my pilgrimage to Gillingham will have to, will have to wait another, hopefully another 10 years. Um, but they, they, they've had a really poor start, haven't they? Um, Neil Harris is not known for playing sexy football so could be could be a bit of a clash of a clash of uh styles um we're also terrible at defending set pieces apparently um although i'm not sure i agree with that so it could be it could be a bit of a ride on saturday let's let's wait and see well let's wait and see indeed but plenty of coverage coming up in the next four or five days but until then terry thank you very much Was rich enjoy your monday oh i will The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, fresh. 